What a strange way to save the world. To bring a baby instead of a king, and yet he was the king. To bring a baby that the first place he slept was a manger, but that's the nice word. It was a feeding trough for the animals. What a strange way to save the world. Because the first people who heard the announcement, as we looked at last week, were the shepherds. Low on the totem pole. They didn't have any political clout. They didn't have any financial clout. They weren't even allowed to give a legal testimony in a court of law. And of all the people that God could have chosen to make the announcement to, he chose the shepherds. What a strange way to save the world. And Joseph. I mean, the carpenter, the just regular guy. Not anything outstanding to look at that we know of. And yet, the courage that he showed when given the task. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be dad to the Messiah? Now, I realize grandparents, we think the grandkids are all, you know, special. Almost saviors. But imagine parenting. I mean, Jesus, have you done your homework? About time to take the trash out. And Mary. What a strange way to save the world. A teenage unmarried girl. And they were in the town of Nazareth of all places. Nazareth was one of those places that, it was just one of those places. I mean, this saying that sometimes was given was, can anything good come from Nazareth? Most of us have one of those towns in our life, right? Every community has one. It's never the community they're in unless you don't like your community. There's always one of those around there and everybody kind of talks about that town. And, oh, you're from there. Okay. Well, bless your heart. Some of you remembered that. Nazareth. And then they didn't even get to have the baby in Nazareth. Because of the census... They had to go to Bethlehem. Now, every lady here who's had a child, eight or more months pregnant, and had to travel, not in a car. Really? Imagine that conversation between Joseph and Mary. Talk about marriage counseling needed. What a strange way to save the world. And yet it's what he chose. Because he wanted us all to know. This baby. This savior. This message. This grace. This mercy. Is for all. And just in case you thought he ought to balance it a little bit. Take a look in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 2. These guys called the wise men. 
what is interesting about this is it's just kind of what we've labeled them. We really don't know. And some translations say the magi, meaning, you know, kind of magician. It was a category of people, and there are all kinds of thoughts uh, about them, but not much that we really know about them. We really don't know how many there were. You, you do realize that. We don't know if there were three or 30. We know there were three gifts. We sing songs that say three, but we don't know that. These wise men, we don't even know for sure where they came from. We just know that it was quite a ways east of Bethlehem. We don't know much about them. We don't know if they were big shots where they came from or nobodies. But we do know they had some means to be able to make this trip. We do know they had some means to be able to give these gifts. So they kind of balanced the scale from Nazareth and a carpenter and a feeding trough. What a strange way to save the world. What we do know is what Scripture tells us. Let's look. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt I called my son. And even in the story about the wise men, Joseph makes another appearance of obedience. Being told to do something that's like, really? We already came to Bethlehem 
been here a while, wondering where to settle. Now you're telling us to go to a whole other country, not another town. And yet he did it. It is a profile and courage. Every one of these characters of the Christmas story, my prayer and the thing that's just been impressed upon me so much this year going through the story as I keep reading parts of the story every day here through December is the obedience, the immediate obedience of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and now Joseph again. It's like, oh Lord, if I'm going to be a part of your story, help me to obey in that same way. What a strange way to save the world. We know some stuff about the wise men. We know that they didn't show up at the stable, contrary to what all of your nativity scenes say. I mean, to be really accurate, you need to have a separate table and have the wise men over there kind of pointing toward the stable because when they arrived, as the scripture said, they were now in a house. They were no longer in a stable. And they showed up. What we do know about the shepherds is this. Number one, they were seekers. They were seeking Jesus. They weren't even sure what they were seeking, just this is what they knew, and they were seeking him, the one who has been born to be king of the Jews. Their statement of that shook up the whole kingdom because they just naturally went to the current king, Herod, who, by the way, was one nasty dude. You do any research, I mean, man, he had family members killed so they wouldn't overthrow him. And he had no evidence they were going to. He just wanted to make sure they didn't. And then you read ahead, go, in, go past verse 15 that I finished with, and you see that he ordered all the baby boys in that region who were under two years of age to be killed just in case so they could get the Savior. He was a nasty dude, and they went to him and said, where is this new king that's been born? And most of the translations indicate that when Herod heard this, and he then started asking some people about what is this thing about this king of the Jews, this Messiah, it says that he was greatly troubled. And what I love is, right after that, in most of those translations, it says, and all Jerusalem with him. It wasn't because they were shook up there might be another king. They would have cheered that. It was that the king who could do anything to anybody was shook up. You, is there some, somebody like that in your family? If they're shook up, everybody goes, oh no. Don't point. It's not polite. And I don't have time to counsel you this week. They went to him to ask, where is this? You see, seeking is a choice. The wise men were seeking him. But a choice is only usually good if you know what you're seeking. I love that when they came to Herod, they said, here's what we're seeking. 
Verse 2, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They knew what they were after. They were looking for Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah. They were thinking more in earthly terms of a king, but at least they were on the right track. And their idea when they came was to be able to worship him. See, if you don't choose well in what you're seeking, you'll get stuck on the wrong things. There are a lot of people seeking a lot of things and sometimes can't tell you what it is they're seeking for. The problem is you could end up anywhere. I mean, it's kind of like the old story that says people came into the town and there were bullseyes painted on all the trees in town and an arrow right in the center of the bullseye. And they asked, who is the dude that shoots this well? He must be amazing. They said, oh, it's the village idiot. Well, how do you explain the fact that every one of his shots is dead center? It says because he shoots into the tree, then draws the bullseye around it. I'm worried too many of us are seeking that way. Well, here's where I am, so let's make this what it ought, what it's supposed to be instead of seeking what God wants first. They were seekers. They were seeking the right thing. Even with all of the obstacles, they kept seeking. So what do you do when you run into an obstacle when it comes to following Christ? Do you keep going forward? Or do you go, well, it must not be what I'm supposed to do. They were seekers. Secondly, we know this about the wise men. They were worshipers of Jesus. It's what they said, verse 2. This is why we've come to find him and to worship him. And verse 11 tells us that when they found him, that's what they did. They worshiped. They bowed down and worshiped. They gave gifts in worship. They followed through. They were worshipers of Jesus. I, I've told you before, there's um, some pastors that I text on Sunday mornings, kind of a rotating thing, just a long list of them that I pray for every Sunday and at other times, but on Sunday mornings, especially early in my prayer time. And then I'll shoot a text to a handful of them every week to say, just when you know, I was praying for you. Here's what I was praying, you know, love you. And... Um, the interesting thing about this is one of those people that I text, I remembered something from a long time ago. I remembered that in his office, he had a plaque that said, I'm a warrior of worship. I love that phrase. That was more years ago than it's any of your business for me to tell you, but I love that and haven't forgotten it. In my text this morning, I reminded him of that. I said, just like the wise men, I hope you're still a warrior of worship. How do you worship? Are you seeking to worship? See, I'm afraid an awful lot of people who come to a worship service, don't you hate when people do the air quotes? I'll do it again just to annoy you. There's so many people when they come to a worship service, I'm not sure they're really looking to worship as much as to watch worship. 
Because there's a big difference. Because if I came to worship, how you do it really doesn't matter. It's what's going on in my heart and how I give in my worship. These guys didn't care. They bowed, knelt before a baby because they were seeking the king of kings and that's who that was. They were being obedient to what they had been told and shown and to the purpose they were after. They worshiped Jesus and Jesus only. Notice the scripture says that when they saw the mother and child, verse 10 and 11, they worshiped him, not them. They were just worshiping Jesus as we should. Also, they didn't just watch it. They actually worshiped. They participated when they were in his presence. And we are always in his presence. I've, I've said to you before, let me repeat it again. If you want to have a better Sunday morning worship experience, worship more often Monday through Saturday. Because in your heart's more prepared. Plus you're used to it. It's become part of who you are. Thirdly, we know this about the wise men. They were obedient to God's direction. I mean, verses, you can start with the fact just seeking after him, that when they saw the star that prophecy had told them, you can go back into the Old Testament, I think Daniel, where you can find some of that, and see that this is what they were after. And they were obedient, following the star, no matter how long it took. Following the star, worshiping Jesus, and avoiding Herod were all acts of obedience. Because the scripture tells us after they had found Jesus, after they had given, after they had worshiped, verse 12 says, being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. You can go ahead into verse 16 that I didn't even read. And it says that Herod, once he realized he had been, here's the air quotes again, tricked, by the wise men was furious. He wasn't tricked by them. They were being obedient to the God that he was refusing to follow. In fact, he was trying to kill God. These guys were obedient in getting there. They were obedient when they got there and they were obedient when they went back home. And just like the shepherds, they came, saw Jesus, then went back to minister where they lived. Too many times we think that to really minister, we got to go somewhere else. And sometimes we do. But we're supposed to start where we are. There was a song a number of years ago that had some words. Don't, don't panic, I'm not singing that had some words to the effect of, if God would just call me to go somewhere, I would happily do it. Just don't ask me to go next door. These guys traveled, but then went back next door, just like we're supposed to. The shepherds traveled and then went back to the field. 
we're to worship, we're to serve where we are. These guys were obedient even with temptation because Herod said, when you find him, come and tell me so I can worship him too. They didn't make the wrong choices, even though society seemed to. Has it ever struck you in this passage that Herod, when the wise men came and asked them the question about where Jesus, where the Messiah would be born, he went to the chief priests and the scribes, the learned religious people, and they knew, but they didn't go. They knew where Jesus was born. And they didn't go. They knew why this was going to happen. And they didn't do anything. Neither did Herod. In many ways, I was thinking through this just this morning. I'm really glad Herod was as arrogant as he was. You see, he told them, he was ordering like he ordered everybody to do everything. Go find the baby, and when you find him, come and tell me so I can go worship also. He was lying. He wanted them to do the work, come and tell him, and he was going to go kill the baby. Instead, God warned them, and they went another way. If Herod hadn't been so arrogant, he would have said, let me come with you. We need to have our own experience with Jesus. Too many of us are trying to do it through somebody else. It's got to be personal for each one of us. I am blessed with the heritage I have of parents who were godly Jesus followers, of grandparents who were godly Jesus followers, of great-grandparents who were godly Jesus followers, but I had to choose for myself. And so do my kids and my grandkids. The wise men chose wisely. Herod did not. What are your choices? These wise men can teach us so much if we watch what they did. They were obedient. They were worshipers. They were seekers of the right thing. And lastly, they were determined in their journey to Jesus. I had already mentioned the fact that they were pursuing and seeking him even with all the obstacles. Now think through this. They kept going to Jesus even though it took a long time. The star rose... By the time they got to Jesus, he was no longer in the manger. He was maybe even a toddler. He was somewhere two years and under. They were in a house, the scripture we just read said. They weren't in the stable anymore. It took them a long time to get there, and yet they followed through. And even though it didn't seem like anybody else was heading toward Jesus, that's why they stopped and asked Herod, we're not where is he? We're not seeing a pilgrimage. We're not seeing a bunch of other people. Now, they didn't know that the shepherds had gone. Partially because they wouldn't have crossed paths with shepherds. But also, nobody else was headed that way. And even the scribes and the chief priests who knew weren't going to him. And they kept going. They were determined in their journey to Jesus. 
even though there were hypocrites they faced on their journey. That's a favorite thing we love to use as an excuse not to do the right thing, right? Too many hypocrites. And there's hypocrites everywhere. You work with hypocrites. They say they hate their job every time they cash their paycheck. There are people who go into the grocery store and talk about how much they hate that place while they pay their money. They flip in the show and said, I can't believe there's all these commercials while they keep watching that show. There are hypocrites everywhere. Don't let hypocrites stop you from doing what's right. And they didn't. Herod, let me go worship him. He didn't mean that. Don't let those who are into it for the wrong reason keep you away from what God wants you to do. They were determined on their journey. They didn't quit when it was difficult. They sought help when they got stuck. And most ladies here are going, that's the most amazing part of the story, that these men stopped and asked for directions. No, I'm not going to say it. They sought help and they got stuck. What do you do when you get stuck in your spiritual journey? Do you let somebody know or you just keep pretending, I'm fine? Do you say, man, I'm just hitting my head and scripture seems flat to me and I try to pray and I don't feel like God's even listening. Or do you just go, oh no, bless Jesus, everything's fine. These guys kept going. It wasn't easy. They encountered obstacles. It was a long time. There were hypocrites that they ran into. It was not fun. I got to imagine there were nights where they were on the journey where they're going, is this worth it? But they kept going because they did believe it was worth it. And let me tell you, it is. But also, they kept taking the next right step. Each time, the star disappeared. What are we going to do? They, they went and found help. And then when they were told, they kept going. They just kept taking that next step. They didn't know they were going to have to go back another way, but God showed them, so they took that next step. The right step. Same thing that Joseph did. Each time, he went and took Mary as his wife, though she was pregnant and he had never slept with her took her as his wife because God said, this is the thing to do. This child is of me, not of man. And then when the baby was born, God said, take him to another country. So he did. And after that, he said, take him back to Nazareth. And he did. Just keep taking that next right step. You're not going to know exactly where you're going to end up, at least not always. And I know for those of you that are planners, that drives you crazy, doesn't it? For those of you who need to make sure that I say all the words that fill in the blanks on the outline, that drives you crazy. And I have to confess, every once in a while I skip one just for fun. <laughs> yep, keep praying for your pastor. no matter what they faced, because of what they were seeking, because of their purpose, 
they kept taking the next right step. That's all you need to do. You don't have to get all the way there today. Take the next step. And God will show you where the next one is and the one after. I mean, let me ask you, who or what are you seeking today? Where are you in your journey? What obstacles have you encountered? And are those obstacles keeping you from taking that next step? Are you a worshiper or a watcher of worship? And the bottom line is this. What will you do with this good news? As strange as it might sound. Because after all, this is a strange way to save the world. But it is the way. Through a Savior who came just for you and everybody else that you know. For a Savior that came just for the person seated next to you. For a Savior who came for everybody you're going to encounter the next couple of days over Christmas. The ones you like and the ones not so much. But the question is, what are you doing with this good news? And if you haven't already said yes, I can't think of a better time than right now. As Christmas is celebrated, to say, okay, I don't know where all this is headed, but I choose the Savior, just like the wise men did. You can do that even now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the joy of salvation. Oh, it's confusing, and it sure seems strange at times. This isn't how we would have outlined it. But thank goodness you're the one who outlined it. You're the one who provided for our salvation. You're the one who's provided for our need. I pray for each one that's here this morning, for those that have followed you for years, that this would just encourage them. That it would maybe fan a new flame, a little brighter flame into their worship and their obedience. I pray for those, Lord, who have already been seeking that this would be the moment that they go, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to take that next step. And Lord, I pray also for some who may be here who are going, I'm still not convinced. I pray that they would just feel your presence and love. And may we, express and show that same love to them. Lord, may we each take that next right step wherever we are in our journey. Oh, it's strange. 
It's not how we would have done it. But what a beautiful story because of the beautiful name of our Savior, Jesus. I pray and plead for these things in your name, Jesus.